0: Hello! QueerAF is now an independent community interest company. Our podcast's first four seasons were funded by National Student Pride, and so there might be some old calls to action in them. For the most up-to-date info on our podcast that funds budding LGBTQIA audio producers, visit wearequeeraf.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter that sums up the LGBTQIA world and supports queer creatives kickstart their career. Enjoy the show. hey jamie here founder of QueryF, and we're here with a special new episode for you today it's from our new show what the box it's a podcast about monkey box podcast if you will it's an extensive but rapid response series to the outbreak you're about to listen to episode one but you can catch the rest of the series in podcast apps everywhere just search What The Pox in your favourite app or visit wearequeryf.com forward slash what the pox for more information and to find out how to listen ad-free. Enjoy. Monkey pox.
2: That's what we're here to talk about. Quite a lot of people have got it or had it at this point. I'm one of them. In early July this year, I had monkeypox. And it was not fun. So when I was home alone with monkeypox in all kinds of pain, feeling (laughs) quite rubbish, to be honest, I was desperate for information. I googled, how long will this last? Or I was searching, is it meant to feel like this? but there was just such little official advice. Classic, right? But then I got talking to people, and I realised something. One, this is something for now that is mostly affecting sexually active queer people. But two, it is super queer to create something because the official people haven't. So this is it. With experts, people with experience, And all done without shame or stigma. Together, let's work out what the pox is going on.
1: (laughs) What the pox? (laughs) Is that a bit too cheesy? It is temporary. Above all else, that is what I remember that got me through it. We need to make sure that gay and bisexual men have access to the vaccine.
3: What I'm seeing a lot in the media are quite stigmatizing messages.
4: If people were always you know, doing exactly the right thing, then there'd be no STIs ever in the world.
5: It does beg the question, if this was affecting heterosexual white people, maybe it wouldn't be in this situation potentially.
4: It is the job of a sexual health doctor, of an infectious disease doctor, to give people the ability to have the type of sex that they like with as low a risk as possible of infectious disease.
2: So, welcome to What The Pox, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, monkeypox. Um, <laughs> I was talking with the name a Poxcast, uh, but <laughs> we've moved on from that. Now, there's been a lot of news, doom, gloom, and uncertainty. Uh, this podcast is here to give you the facts alongside first-hand accounts like myself from those that have experienced this virus. Now, we'll also be hearing from leading experts, including people from Dean Street, Uh, NAM AIDS Map and the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine who are all working on the front line. I just need to stress this once again. We're going to be doing this without shame or stigma because there is no shame to be had when it comes to monkeypox. I'm Martin Joseph. I'm a comedian, broadcaster and I've recently recovered from monkeypox. Having first-hand experience of this disease, I want to give you as much information as I can. I want to give you the information I didn't have and let you know that it's going to get better. So if you've recently been diagnosed with monkeypox, the first thing you need to know is that you have nothing to feel bad about. You did nothing wrong and you are going to get through this. Now, it's going to be super easy to fall into the traps of feeling shame or worrying about what this says about you. Trust me, that's exactly how I felt. But in truth, there is no shame to be had. This isn't about who you are or why you came to have monkeypox. The only important thing is getting through this. This episode is everything you need to hear right now. And for those listening who haven't got monkeypox, listen on and understand why this virus is on the move. So what is monkeypox? Well, monkeypox is a rare infection most commonly found in West and Central Africa. But now there have recently been increased cases all around the world, across Europe, in the States, and right here in the UK.
5: The symptoms are typically thought of as a rash. They can also present as spots, um, as blisters.
2: Here's Sarah Malindwa. She's a presenter and sexual health nurse at Dean Street to give you some of the key symptoms you may experience.
5: And the rash goes through several stages. So you you, you get either a rash, um, spots, blisters that can appear typically around the genital area, but they can also appear on the hands, the feet, the face. You may have seen on TikTok all the, you know, the viral videos of all the sort of how bad it can get and the worst case scenario. Um, So the rush goes through several stages before it scabs over and eventually the scabs fall off. Um, And it takes about two to four weeks to clear it. So there's no medication that you take as such. It's sort of you give your body time to clear it naturally. Um, And that that process takes between two and four weeks.
2: Now, anyone can get monkeypox. Though currently, most cases we're seeing are presenting in men who are gay, bisexual or men who have sex with men. But it's important to stress that monkeypox is not a sexually transmitted infection. However, this is one of the most prominent modes of transmission that we're currently seeing. Now, it can also be passed through physical touch, sharing linen, and there is some evidence to suggest that it may be passed through respiratory droplets. However, we're gonna discuss this in more detail in the next episode.
1: I was a bit in shock, I think. And sort of disbelief because prior to that point, I didn't know anyone who had monkeypox.
2: That's Matt Ford. He's an actor, singer, and writer from LA. After receiving his monkeypox diagnosis, Matt started talking about it.
1: The response has been pretty wild and I'm glad to say overwhelmingly positive. It's been a little bit overwhelming at times because, you know, I've. I tweeted about it and then made a TikTok video. And um, yeah, most of the responses were like people sending me well wishes, uh, which I really appreciated. Of course, it's the internet. There were some cruel trolls in there as well I had to deal with, and that was some, some darkness to have to deal with. But yeah, I mean, it's, I'm really glad that I've been able to speak out and help other people and help people take it seriously.
2: I think the hardest thing for me receiving my monkeypox diagnosis was the lack of information. I was told by numerous medical professionals just go home, check the website, take paracetamol. But I just had so many questions and barely any strength to ask them. At my lowest point, I found Matt on Twitter. And I got a lot of comfort for the information he was sharing. He'd shared a Google Doc called So You've Got Monkeypox. And that gave me so much comfort and support. If you want to read that, there's going to be a link in the show notes. The document contained lots of resources and information about treatment that he'd researched himself. But what really helped me was the three points that he started the document with. And they were, number one, you've done nothing wrong in getting it and do not deserve any shame or stigma. Number two, you are not alone. A lot of people are going through this. And number three, this experience might be awful, but it's temporary. You'll be on the other
1: side soon. I asked Matt,
2: why did you write this?
1: I think I was kind of speaking to myself. And, uh, you know, what I was when I, I should say, when I first had those thoughts, it's what I was telling myself and trying to get through it and and grounding myself um, because it's all true. Like none of us have done anything wrong and and getting it. And it is really important to remember that it is temporary because it can be extremely, extremely painful, as we discussed. And so I wanted to take that language that I had used to help myself get through it and amplify that to other people who are also going through this. Because as you know firsthand, it, is, it can be really horrible to go through and it's easy to feel so isolated um, while you're trying to recover. And so I just wanted to try to offer some warmth and comfort in any way I could to people who find themselves in similar situations because um, there's a mental component of it also to like navigating the physical. And so I I just wanted to help with that.
2: Matt's need to speak out is pretty much why I'm making this podcast. Receiving a diagnosis of monkeypox, especially early, like Matt and I did, was really scary because like I said, there wasn't a lot of information to go off. And people with monkeypox were kind of being left to their own devices to find their own information.
1: I researched it from the get-go after realizing I had it and uh it said two to four weeks recovery time and isolate, you know, in that time. And this was right before New York Pride, this was right before Fourth of July here in the States. And so pretty immediately I had like weeks worth of plans just wiped out. And I thought, well, okay, I guess I'm just gonna be in this room for a while. Uh which really sucked and and, you know, I don't think I was fully prepared for The pain that would come with it because we didn't know anybody who I didn't know anybody who had it. Um, So, yeah, there were a lot of surprises in store for me.
2: That pain that Matt talks about is something that hasn't been hugely reported. When it comes to monkeypox symptoms, we're seeing a lot of images of lesions that can spread across your whole body. But whilst I had one or two of these, that wasn't really how it presented for me. In the next episode, I'm actually going to be speaking to Dr. Chloe Orkin, who has done a lot of research around monkeypox. But for now, this is her discussing these newer symptoms and how monkeypox may be presenting itself now.
5: Things like really severe oral, you know, throat problems, people not being able to swallow, terrible sores in the mouth. We're seeing terrible sores in the anus with people not being able to go to the toilet, you know, agony. Um, People being admitted to hospital for this reason, for pain control that can't be controlled. People needing surgical drainage from these lesions. People with such severe ulcers inside the penis that their whole penis is really swollen up. They're needing a catheter.
2: Some of the symptoms that Dr. Chloe is talking about were ones that took me and Matt by surprise. More on that after the break.
3: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
6: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
1: I did not expect it to be um, as painful as it would be. You know, it, my case was On the earlier side of the outbreak hitting the states, and we didn't have that much information about this. You know, despite it being a disease that is endemic to parts of Africa for decades, we just didn't have much research, and this outbreak does look kind of different in some ways. Um, So, yeah, you know, I wasn't prepared for the pain. And obviously, um, you know, I've talked about this in the media, but I had a very severe, uh, extremely painful run with it, uh, which is what a lot of people are going through right now who have it. And so, for me, treating that was mostly just trying to manage the symptoms. You know, I didn't even know about the antiviral that treats the virus itself, tecovirimat or TPOX.
2: Tecovirimat and TPOX. Now, you're going to be hearing those words a lot during the series. In a later episode, we're going to explain a bit more about this. However, the basics are that TPOX is an antiviral that can be taken by those with monkeypox that is believed to reduce the symptoms. However, it wasn't specifically designed for monkeypox. It was actually designed for smallpox. Now, there's lots of ongoing trials and research surrounding its use. In the States, there are people that are able to access it through their doctors, but what we're hearing is that it can be really difficult to obtain. Here in the UK, it is rarely used. At this point, the only instance we seem to be seeing are for those with very severe symptoms that have been admitted into hospital and
1: once i knew about t i tried to get it i was unsuccessful in that as many people were um so that was unfortunate but in the meantime i was just trying to manage the symptoms so i was you know maxing out my daily amount of tylenol and advil uh, which is kind of laughable in hindsight to think about trying to manage this with that but um i also went back to my doctor and was prescribed narcotic painkillers because I was unable to sleep because of the pain. Um, So after a few nights of not being able to sleep at all, uh, yeah, they gave me some painkillers. And that helped just enough that I was able to drift off. It still didn't even totally kill all the pain.
2: Outside of the pain that both Matt and I were feeling physically, there was this other thing, something less visible. That thing was shame. And for me, yes, the shame was related to monkeypox and the stigma that seems to surround that word, but also that shame was connected to sex and more specifically, gay sex. Author and former editor of Attitude magazine, Matthew Todd, wrote a book called Straightjacket that was all about tackling gay shame.
4: Growing up in our society, you know, where we constantly, when you hear negative things about being gay bi queer whatever whatever it is in whichever way that you might identify just how we lots of us not everybody but a, a really significant number of us internalize those negative uh words and expressions and and internalize it as a kind of as a form of kind of toxic shame and makes us not feel very good about ourselves. There's a kind of narrative that, you know, you come out and everything's fine and it's all done and dealt with. But actually, I think in my experience, and I think what the book is about is about how even when you come out, if you haven't dealt with that stuff, it can still affect you into later life. It certainly did with me. You know, people experience things in their, you know, homophobia and prejudice in their day-to-day lives still. But I think a a huge amount of that is about what we go through growing up and the the kind of that that legacy of, of gay shame.
2: When talking about shame and stigma surrounding monkeypox, I think it'd be really difficult to not see the parallels to other events in our LGBTQ plus history.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of comments like that. There was a lot of um, slut-shamey comments um, saying, well, how did you get it? You know, maybe if you weren't sleeping around. Uh, Comments like that. There were a few comments alluding to that maybe this was like a judgment from God which is a very intense and um, uneasy parallel to the days of HIV and AIDS.
2: In the 80s, during the HIV and AIDS epidemic, the rhetoric surrounding gay people was incredibly negative. And the effects of both our government's action and inaction can still be felt today. While HIV and monkeypox are hugely different to each other, There are similarities in the way the media has responded. Yet, when I spoke to Susan Cole from NAM AIDS Map, she noticed a subtle difference.
3: I mean, we saw a lot of that, particularly around the early AIDS response, where there was a great deal of of negative messaging in the media. There were things like the, I think it was the Sun article, where a a priest, a vicar, talked about the fact that if his son had AIDS, he would shoot him. And there was messaging, like, like, for instance, with the um, the policeman in Manchester who talked about gay men swirling around in a a cesspit of their own making in relation to the, the AIDS response. And we're seeing elements of that in the wider media. But one thing that I would say is different, perhaps, is that There hasn't been so much interest in monkeypox recently in the wider media. And I think part of that is related to the fact that um, people assume that it's, well, it it, it is primarily affecting gay men um, and other men that have sex with men. And I think there isn't quite the same interest in, in the wider media. And we're not seeing that much in terms of public health messaging as well we're not seeing that more widely but we are seeing it a bit more a little bit more directly. but we certainly need a lot more action
2: one thing we know that came out of the hiv and aids crisis was this sense of community where lgbtq plus people came together to support one another this is definitely something both myself and matt ford have seen
1: A lot of people are speaking up very publicly and sharing information. And I think that's huge. You know, I was speaking at a rally in New York a couple of weeks ago about monkeypox and the government in action. And a chant they were doing there as part of, you know, ACT UP with HIV, AIDS, and all that, um, a chant they do is, Who keeps us safe? We keep us safe. And I just loved that because that is, to your point, exactly what we're seeing. You know, even with vaccine appointments in New York and LA, you know um, there are queer people online, gay men in particular, who were making these like infographics and like listing the numbers to call, and you know saying, "Oh, the appointments are sold out here, but I got one by calling this number. Try that." And so it's the community taking care of itself and sharing resources to try to help keep each other safe. And I think that's really beautiful because you know it, it ties in rather sweetly, in my opinion, to this narrative a lot of us have of growing up feeling isolated and alone Um, and you know once we're out and we're part of this community hopefully we have a support network of people there to keep us safe and to watch out for us.
2: And that's what I take from this experience. Whenever I look at my own social media feeds they're filled with friends from the LGBTQ plus community sharing support and information with each other. People like Matt sharing their story are the ones that gave me the strength to get through my own journey with Monkeypox. And hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're finding some comfort in knowing that lots of us have been through what you're going through. This is where I chose to place my focus, knowing that I'm part of a community that has a long history of supporting each other, even when the powers that be choose to ignore us.
1: I had a lot of friends send care packages and that's not something I ever expected. You know, I was grateful to get people reaching out saying like, I hope you feel better, etc. But people really went above and beyond. I mean, friends, acquaintances, you know, I got gift cards, this, especially after I spoke out publicly, I got gift cards from acquaintances I knew saying that, like, you know, hope you feel better to be able to order delivery or groceries or whatever. I had multiple friends send sweet care packages of like, flowers and sweets and stuffed animals and a bunch of stuff like that, that I just, I didn't expect anyone to do that. And it was really, it was really kind of a light in the darkness it made me feel very loved and like people really cared and that, um, you know, I wasn't alone going through this. And so that was, I don't know, that was just a really, really sweet gesture I saw from a lot of friends and acquaintances and it it meant a lot to me.
2: Going through something like this, I had a lot of time to look at myself and what I wanted out of life. And while I'd never want to go through monkeypox again, in some ways, I'm thankful for the lessons it's taught me about my resilience and community and the power of my own voice. I asked Matt, what has he learned from the experience?
1: It's funny because you don't think of this as something that would change someone necessarily. But yeah, to your point, I mean, it's a long time in isolation, two to four weeks by yourself makes you think about a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, there have been physical and mental repercussions, but some good things as well. So I have noticed, you know, some changes in myself. I've thought a lot about what I want with my career and where I want to go with it about my relationships and and what I want. Um, it's made me kind of address, um, How I feel about my self worth, and specifically how I fortified that, Um, and you know, this—it's interesting that this happened in my life at a similar time where I made the decision to be sober for a bit. Um, You know, not out of necessity. There wasn't like a rock bottom that I felt warranted me having to go sober, but it was just a choice I made for my focus and clarity at this moment in time. Uh, So that, in tandem with going through monkeypox, um, both of those have brought me a great amount of clarity. And um, and yeah, kind of a roadmap for what I want out of this life and how I'm trying to go about it. Um, and so, yeah, to your point, Monkeypox on its own can be a very transformative experience. I don't wish it on anyone. I hope nobody gets it further, obviously, but if you do go through it, um, you know, it, it can definitely reshuffle some priorities.
2: Matt's advice and the resources that he shared were so important during my time with Monkeypox. So I wanted to know, with hindsight, what advice would he give to someone going through monkeypox right now?
1: I would say that I've been there, babes. Like, I was sleep-deprived from multiple nights sitting in a Epsom salt bath at 4.30 a.m. in a dark room, just, like, sitting there, miserable, thinking, how did I wind up in this place? And I lived through it. You know, I, I want to emphasize that you're not alone. A lot of people are going through that, and um, it is temporary. Above all else, that is what I remembered that got me through it, is yes, this might be horrible, this might really, really suck, but I will be on the other side of this soon. And in a few weeks' time, I will physically be back to normal. I think that is something that's really, really important to keep in mind, and you know, to give yourself the stamina to get to the other side of it.
2: Everyone's journey with monkeypox is going to be different, but just know, if you're going through this, you are not alone. Coming up on season one of What the Pox.
4: Who'd have thought? After everything we've been through with the pandemic, and now suddenly this has happened, it's it's a real curveball. People don't know, and they love blaming it on sex, and this is causing more stigma. And no one should be humiliated on top of being sick being sick is quite enough.
5: When it comes to trans non-binary sexual health, there is basically no messaging. Lots of black and brown men, trans and non-binary people, were saying, I couldn't go there because I work. If I'm in that queue, I might be seen by my family. I'm going to live as, as my
4: whole self, and my whole self includes the fact that I enjoy having sex. Things are going to change, and I really believe that they are, and they're going to change really soon.
5: So that's what I've learned from monkeypox.
2: In the next episode of What the Pox, I'll be speaking to Dr. Chloe Orkin, all about her research into monkeypox and looking at exactly what the science is telling us.
5: And I'm asked a lot about what happens if I'm on the dance floor, what happens if I'm in an aeroplane and someone's got monkeypox just before me, am I going to get monkeypox?
2: A huge thank you to today's voices Sarah Malindwa, Matt Ford, Dr. Chloe Orkin, Susan Cole, and Matthew Todd. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Martin Joseph, and executive produced by Jamie Wareham. What the Pox is a Queer AF production. Head to wearequeeraf.com forward slash what the pox for more information and resources on monkeypox. Now, before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. Will you rate and review this podcast? And I get it. It's the first episode, but this is more than a marketing plug. I was so alone when I had monkeypox. And so I want this episode to be in front of as many people as possible so that they don't feel the same. Algorithms filter queer content, left, right, and center. But reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, make a huge difference to how many people find it and to those who need to find the resources we're sharing. So do it for them. And help us end the silence, shame, and stigma surrounding monkeypox. We are Query F, and so are you.
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello. Query is now an independent community interest company. Our podcast's first four seasons were funded by National Student Pride, and so there might be some old calls to action in them. For the most up-to-date info on our podcast that funds budding LGBTQIA plus audio producers, visit wearequeryf.com. And sign up for our free weekly newsletter that sums up the LGBTQIA world and supports queer creatives kickstart their career. Enjoy the show.